Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the Summit Church Podcast. We want to connect you to a relationship with God and all that He has in store for you. We hope this inspires you, strengthens your faith, and gives you hope to live out your best days now. Enjoy the message. I'm going to do part two of our sermon series we started last week about suddenlies. We're in a season of suddenlies. So we talked about it scripturally last week. This is part two, and I call it expecting the unexpected, expecting God to do what you never imagined faster than you thought in ways unimaginable. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14, we get a list of names that I'm not going to read because this prophet, Jehaziel, is about to prophesy to the nation of Judah and to Jehoshaphat, the king. And God wants us to know he's not just anybody, but he's the son of a long line of prophets. Now, that's the Lord's way to give this guy who's about to prophesy to Israel credibility. So he lists his, uh, his heritage and his DNA and his lineage that he comes from so people will realize this guy's not just blowing smoke. So we pick it up in verse 15 through verse 23. And the prophet said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, don't be afraid nor dismayed because of this great army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. So position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. That's for you quiet people. Loud praise. God says, I like it. Okay. He says, so they rose up early in the morning and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out in front of the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against this army, the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Wow. Notice, when they had made an end. The central verse of our text says, Hear, O Israel, believe the Lord. And you'll be established. Boy, isn't that true? If you do what God said, you're going to have a good life. You're going to have a good life. I want to slap some people and say, wake up, Sparky. This is clear. This is not hard. Just believe the simple things he tells you. You will be established. 
Believe his prophets and you will prosper. So Jehoshaphat was saying that the prophecy they had received from this prophet, saying that God was going to suddenly, and that's the promise, because twice in the prophecy, the Lord says, tomorrow, tomorrow. What's on your agenda, folks, for tomorrow? You don't know what a day can bring forth, especially when God gets in it. So an enormous army made up of Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir gathered together against Israel. In verse 1 and 2, they're gathered. Now go beyond reading this as a fairy tale because people are impacted when an invading army, as the Ukraines, comes and breaks down the walls and burns up the city. When troops come, people get killed, get wounded. Families are broken up. They take the children off as slaves in chains, selling them to certain nations. They take fathers after beating them and send them somewhere else in slavery. They ravish the women and rape them. So catch the feeling when these people are saying in this immediate dilemma, an army is coming up against us. So this isn't a storybook thing. They're saying our businesses will be destroyed. All of our assets will be plundered. And when God addressed these people, he's addressing people very much like some of you watching online are in this service today. People whose bodies have been beaten up, whether by others or yourself or by some affliction or sickness or extending yourselves unreasonably. And the businesses go down the tubes so that instead of the joy of the Lord, people end up under oppression and defeat. And beginning in verse 3 through 13, it tells what they did to get ready to hear the Lord. So the object of this message is simple. It's that we be released to expect the unexpected. Tell your neighbor, expect the unexpected. Go ahead. Just tell them. They need to know it. Verse 23 says, And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir. Now, last week we studied Romans 9, verse 28 where God says, I will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. And we looked at the concept of how God does some things quick by his power. So now our reason for looking at this subject of God's suddenlies is that often we get used to problems or situations in our lives or marriages or health or whatever, and we begin to figure, well, we just ought to tolerate them. I guess that's just the way it is the rest of my life, or at least for a long time. Now, but listen, I got common sense. I believe in a posture of faith that endures patiently. Sometimes situations require that. I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. So whether it's quick or not, I, I'm in it to pursue and endure as long as it takes. But I want to deposit in you a faith today that says, I'm going to believe God to change that. Habits, memories, attitudes, pain, circumstances, afflictions that don't go away. And finally, people just say, well, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. And that really sets in when people get tired or weary. So last Sunday, we looked at Isaiah 10 and Isaiah 28 at a Hebrew verb that has to do with their coming a determined conclusion to something. And amazingly, that same verb occurs today in this story, it says, when they had made an end. Well, who are they that made an end? This dumb army, Moab, Ammon, turned against the people they were allied with, Mount Seir, the Edomites. 
And apparently, these three nations had formed an agreement to go against Israel. Now, all we know is that somehow, for some reason, by God, they started turning on one another, killing each other. And by the time the army of Judah got there, there wasn't anybody left to kill. They had killed everybody. They had killed themselves. And it took three days to gather up the spoils from all those dead bodies. So it was fulfillment of what had been prophesied by the prophet who said, the Lord said, you won't need to fight in this battle. The battle is not yours, but God's. I am with you. Now, sometimes we have to engage in the fight, certainly. But there are sometimes God does it for you, and you don't have to fight at all. And indeed, he was, he was involved because Israel came and found this great victory, and they hadn't done a blooming thing. Isn't that great when God does something for you once in a while, and you said, I didn't do anything. Don't write a book about it. You didn't do anything. Tell the truth to people. Say, I didn't have a thing to do with it. It just fell in my lap. That's, that's God working suddenly, see? And the prophet had said twice, tomorrow, tomorrow, suddenly. That's how it's going to happen. And the word that's used to describe how the troops turned on one another and slaughtered each other is they brought a sudden, complete end to one another suddenly. Nobody, even the King Jehoshaphat couldn't figure this out. Nobody could have figured it out. That just doesn't happen, but it did. So God's word today for us is to be released from not expecting the unexpected. I want you to hear first the word spoken by the prophet when he lifted up his voice and the people listened to what he said. Then Jehoshaphat later will remind the people of their need to listen. So when Jehoshaphat lifted his voice, everybody knew this is not just somebody blowing off steam. They knew the Lord gave this word, and they listened. And the way the New Testament puts it is, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. How many times have we not heard what the Lord is saying? Not always because we're resistant to God, but because we become so weary, so beleaguered, so put under such attack, it's easy not to hear. So when the prophet cried out, the mood of the people was, well, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites, they're coming. Let's get in the city quick. Let's build up fortifications. Let's stockpile some food. Let's get some gas. <laughs> a long, let's get ready for a long siege of battle. And the prophet lifted up his voice and says, no, Sparky, there's going to be a battle, all right. And you're going to march out of this place, all right. Don't stay here, but tomorrow the Lord's going to give you a victory. Wow. It's going to be faster than you thought. And it's going to be by his power. And it's going to be an unusual way you never imagined. Suddenly. Why can't we catch the idea that God wants to do something quick on many occasions? For example, don't you remember it was suddenly in a moment, maybe somebody led you to Christ or you were in a church, you were brought from an eternal uh, loss into eternal life that quick, just that quick. In a sudden, God took your record of sin and banished it forever in a suddenly. And I was brought into relationship with him as his child adopted by, the, by God himself. And all of us as Christians know that one day Jesus will come back suddenly in the twinkling of an eye and we'll be caught up to meet him. So why is it if God can conclude the history of the ages with a suddenly, 
and can change our eternal destiny in a suddenly, why does it never occur to us that sometimes some small segment of our life can be changed by God suddenly? Somehow we got to be jarred to expect the unexpected. Be expectant of the unexpected. And I'm shouting it because it's going to happen. Now, Jehoshaphat said in verse 20, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. So what does it mean to be established? And what does it mean to prosper or be advanced? So the idea here of prosperity is not just economic. It's the idea of advancement coming in your life. Your life becoming what it's supposed to become. See, it's your life reaching its realized divine purpose in God. It's prospering. And established means to be secured and to be settled. So you're not a tumbleweed floating, driven by every drama and circumstance and wind. Every time we hear from you, it's drama. Uh-uh. So he says, believe the Lord your God. You know, I'd read the Bible to some people, and they say, well, I ain't going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, God couldn't mean that. First word Satan ever spoke in the Garden of Eden, hath God said. He does not want you to believe what God said because it enriches your life. It'll stabilize your life. It'll secure your life. So he says, believe the Lord your God. Know the truth about him, who he is, what he does, what he can do, what he has done. Believe the Lord when he says something in his word. I will never leave you or forsake you, but you don't know what happened this weekend. I know what God said. I'm not putting my trust in you or your behavior. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He didn't go anywhere, sweetheart. You got a little condemnation, a little conviction going on there, but God hadn't gone anywhere. God never forsakes his own, okay? We often forsake him, but he never forsakes us. Believe the Lord your God. If God says, I will supply all your need, believe it on your worst day. You don't talk about it suddenly. I just thought of this. I see Randy Ross sitting over here. He goes back to the earliest days of our beginnings as a church. And I remember back then, we didn't know what we were doing pretty much. And as self-employed, you have to approximate what you're going to make and pay the IRS. Lovely thoughts. And so it's a guess. You don't know. And I remember one day he came up. He called me and says, can I come see you? And I thought, that's kind of like your doctor saying, can I come see you? Not wearing a black armband, I thought, this is not good. And so he said, I'm doing your taxes, and looks like you're going to owe so much money. So much money. I nearly, I'm white. I went real white. Okay. I mean, I looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. When he said, how much? Holy Moses. Well, I don't have it. And I'm thinking in, in nanoseconds, I'm thinking, I don't know, what do we do? How, how will we pay that? Oh, my God. The phone rings. Just as soon as he left with the good news, left, the phone rang, and it was a church in Seattle, Washington, that sold to Alaska Airlines their whole college, this, this whole building, for several million dollars. And they wanted to tithe it. And so they wanted to tithe it to three people who had done the most for the church and how, how would I? I was one of the three. And they told me the amount. It was the exact amount as Randy had just said, I'm going to owe. And I ran to the phone, and I couldn't wait to call him before his car got off the parking lot. I said, you're not going to believe this. It was a sudden, 
unexpected, unusual, weird, never happened again, but it happened when I needed it. It came through. Well, that's just one. There's been many. And I'm saying to you, expect the unexpected because I didn't know what to do either. I don't make money. I can't print it. So I'm trying to say to you the same thing. I serve the same God you do. Do what, you, do what he said. I often hear Christians talk about their problems and their pain almost with delight and how long they've had it. Never mention the Lord. Just my pain, my pain, my pain. They never say, but I'm trusting almighty God because his word says that he will never leave me or forsake me, that, that he will, I can do all things by his power. I just start quoting scripture because that's how I get settled. That's how I get established. So God hadn't changed, folks. We got to be established in the Lord. So I face my problems with patience and endurance, ready for the long haul, if that's necessary. Sometimes it is. But I'm always expecting the unexpected of God to break in in my situation or our situation as a church suddenly, suddenly. Believe in the Lord, you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. So what do we mean by believe? Well, the Hebrew word is aman. And it's used several times in the Old Testament for the taking of a child that's been orphaned or rejected, taken by a foster parent where it's nourished or nursed. And the Lord says, believe, because he's a father to the fatherless. So where you feel your situation has been abandoned or forgotten or rejected, the Lord says, believe me. Another way believe is used is to reflect things that have been fixed or secured firmly. Something that's been made firm or strong. The Lord says, believe, I am your pillar of strength. I can hold you up when you're weak and tired. Aman is one way of saying this word from God is true, unshakable, immutable. It's firm. I can stand on it, live on it, count on it. So Jehoshaphat is saying to the people, God said he's going to do something now. Will you believe it? Yeah. Will you put your amen to his amen? All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. That's what I say to Mia and the grandchildren when they come over. Welcome to the house of yes and amen. You want chocolate on your cereal? Yes. Yes. We have a good God, way nicer than most of these theologians believe. So in other words, that word from God is secure. It's firm. It's sure. I've had to stand on it in every crisis. For us as a church, in situations, in families, uh, it's just normal part of life but I have something I can count on. I can't count on the government. I can't count on the culture. Everything's changing. Everything's shifting. You don't know which way is up or down, but God's word never changes. So I can stand securely on what he says. So I, I'm going to approach anything political, any ideology, anything in the culture, not on the basis of how many like it or don't like it. What does God's word say? God's word will position me where I ought to be. That's where I'll be. And if people don't like it, suck it up. Too bad. I made my choice to stand with God and his word, not with some denomination, but with God and his word. And if you're not standing there, then you're going to be easily shaken. Jesus said, if you hear my word and you'll do it, you're going to be like a guy who built his house on a rock. And when the big hurricane came, it stood. You'll be standing. But if you don't, when the storm comes, you're going to crash and burn. I don't want to crash and burn. So I can believe God's word is firm. So what do you say? Amen. I believe God's word. 
I receive that word. I'm going to draw it close to my heart. Now, let me give you quick before we're going to do something kind of fun. I'm going to give you 10 things Israel did to prepare for their suddenlies. I'm going to just rip them off real quick. Number one, verse three, seek the Lord. They sought the Lord. Number two, verse three, humble your soul. They did fasting. That speaks of humbling your soul. It's a a, a way of showing confession uh, of sin and repentance because sometimes we are responsible for our problems, right? I just confess that. I really messed up. That's really my fault. That doesn't get you in deep with God. That gets you in favor with God. Confess your sins. He's willing and able to forgive them. Third, verse 4, they gathered together. They came under the sound of God's word, giving God time and place. They didn't gather around the TV. They came and gathered together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some, I should say a lot, happens to be. COVID didn't change anything about us gathering together. That commandment still stands firm. And you won't get something on a TV you get when you come together with people. Number four, verse six, remember the Lord. So he says, ah, Lord God, you made the heavens and the earth by your great hand. Nothing is too difficult for you. Remember what the Lord is, what he can do, what he's done. Say it out loud so the enemy can hear you say it. Not only because I know it, I want him to know I know it, and I want him to hear it again to remind him of his defeat, and I want God to know I'm bragging on him. I'm magnifying who you are and what you can do. Oh, Lord God, there's nothing too hard for you. Verse 7, number 5, declare your relationship. Say, the Lord is my God. Say it out loud. The Lord is my God. I want the devil to know I know who I belong to. I am his and he is mine. I know my relationship with the Lord. Number six, verse seven, reveal your testimony. Now, our testimony is the people of Israel said, Lord, you gave us this land and you're not going to give it away now. No way. Talk about the testimonies of God's goodness to you, things he's done for you, things he delivered you from saved you from when you know you deserved worse. Give God some testimony of praise about what he's done for you. Number seven, verse eight and nine, restate God's covenant. They said, Lord, if your name is in this temple, you're not going to give it away. Your name is in this place, they said. Could I say, Summit, God's name is in this place. And God's name is in the temple sitting in your chair today. You are the temple of God. His name is engraved on you. He will never forsake his property. And number eight, verse 10, define your problem. Define it. A problem in your mind floating around uh, becomes larger than if you'll focus on it and write it down. It'll just balloon in your mind, bouncing all over the place. Isolate it. Focus. Number nine, verse 12, call for his deliverance. They said, oh God, will you not judge them? We can't do anything against this great army. See how they invoked his, his entrance to them? And number 10, verse 13, wait on the Lord. And that's when the prophet spoke in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Folks, be released to expect 
the unexpected suddenly. I want you to watch a testimony with Brother Don Mahan. He's head of our counseling department here, and I want you to hear what he had happened to him. Hi, I'm Don Mahan, and I'm giving testimony today of the healing power of Christ. Since 2014, I was diagnosed with having PTSD that I'd suffered with for over 30 years. Part of it came from recovery from plane crashes, uh, going out and recovering parts of the crash and doing investigations to see what caused the crash, recovering the bodies, the pilots, when we brought them back. The nightmares from that went on and on and on. At that time, it was a top secret clearance that I had, so I was unable to talk to anybody about it other than my coworkers. There's an event happened in 2014 that caused me to become aggressive with a gentleman, which resulted in me seeking help through my doctor. My doctor recommended that I go talk to somebody in mental health. Went through 12 weeks of intensive outpatient therapy for PTSD, resulting in me being put on five medications to help me with depression, mood, and sleep and nightmares. On April the 3rd, Pastor Rick did a sermon on the miracle power of God. During that sermon, Rick asked us to specifically name what it was we wanted. I couldn't name it specifically other than I wanted sleep. I had been up for two or three days already and I wanted sleep. We stood up and we did this prayer and I feel like the Holy Spirit interceded for me at that time and said, okay, we're not just gonna heal him. We're not just gonna give him sleep tonight. We're gonna heal him of the reason he's not sleeping, which is PTSD. I went home that day and I slept through the night. I slept through the next night. I slept through the third night, no problems whatsoever. I'd stopped taking my medications only because I had run out and I was waiting on them to come in. After a matter of time though, I realized that I didn't need the medications anymore, that I was truly healed from this PTSD. I have not had a medication since April the 3rd, or prior to April the 3rd actually. I have truly been healed from PTSD and I claim this miracle of God. While the medications helped, I appreciate the medications, I appreciate the doctors that helped me out. It was actually the Holy Spirit that had healed me and I claim that healing through the Holy Spirit. Christ has given us the authority to be healed. Jesus died on the cross for us and his stripes we are healed. So if you're out there and you're struggling, lose your pride. It wasn't until I gave up the pride and I stood up and I raised my hands and asked God to heal me that the healing came about. I bless you, Lord. With all my soul. With all my soul. I thank you for all your benefits. I thank you for all your benefits. I receive my health now. I receive my in health now. In the name now. of Jesus. In the name of and Jesus. And from this day forward. And from this day my forward. My physical body. My physical through body. Through the constant proclamation. Through the constant of proclamation. Of God's word. Of God's and word. And I will recover. And I will recover. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Wow. Wow, Don got it suddenly. I believe some of you will too. Notice he sought the Lord. He humbled his soul. He defined his problem. He called on God for his deliverance. He got his unexpected suddenly. Now, if you need health or healing in your body or your child, stand up right now. We're going to make a confession just like we did with Don. I'll get to the rest of you in just a second. And I want you to really open your mouth and proclaim this 
In the mouth, the tongue is the power of life and death. Don't mumble. I'm quoting God's word. Stand on it. Be established. Be secure. Receive it. Say amen. If God said it, that establishes it. Period. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I make this confession in faith believing. You are my Lord and Savior. You're my great physician. You are my healer. By your stripes, I am now being healed. By your precious blood, I have victory over every sickness and disease. Father God, you have set before me life and death. I choose life. You have set before me blessing and curse. I choose the blessing. I am begotten of God. The wicked one touches me not. Jesus took my pain, took my sickness, took my disease. On the cross, by his stripes, I am healed. I have a legal covenant right to be made well. I command infection, affliction, infirmity, carcinogens out of my body, out of my blood, out of every gland and organ. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I will not fear, for you are with me. Your word is my strength, my fortress, my high tower. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I will praise you, O God. I will declare your greatness. I will bless your name forever. Thank you, you sent your word to heal me, to deliver me from all destruction. And I command destruction off my children. I break any curse of inherited affliction through my ancestry. You will stop now in the name of Jesus. Be gone with you. Now, for those that want to wait on the Lord, God says you'll renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings like an eagle. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. You will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So we praise you, O God. Be seated. And now for those of you that need a new beginning in your financial situation, I'm going to ask you to stand and make this proclamation with me as well. And boy, I believe every word. I can't get all the scriptures, but you can add to this. Say, Father God, I make this proclamation in faith believing. It is the Lord that gives me power to obtain wealth. You delight in the prosperity of your servant. Wealth and riches come from you, O God. It is the Lord who will plant me by rivers of living water. My leaf shall not wither, and whatever I do will prosper. You will make me the head and not the tail. You will give me houses I didn't build, wells I didn't dig, vineyards I did not plant because I honor you, Lord, with my living and my giving. My harvest will return exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or imagine. The harvest will be pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'll be blessed going out, 
bless coming in. In my basket and storehouse. Thank you, Lord. Satan will restore to me sevenfold all that he has stolen. Thank you for a sudden settlement of my legal matter. Thank you for restoration of my losses. My harvest is coming. It's an abundant harvest. You are the giver of every gift, O Lord. So I thank you for a new beginning in all of my finances. I choose to trust you and to stand on your word that as I give, so shall I receive. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, this is the last one. I want everybody to stand, if you can. Just stand up. We're all going to confess this one. It's victory over everything through the blood of Jesus. I love it. Just sling it around. He hates it. God loves it. Just sling his name and what happened at the cross through his precious blood. We're redeemed. He hates it. I love it. Just make him mad and say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I make this proclamation in faith believing. We overcome Satan when we testify personally to what the Word of God declares, to what the blood of Jesus does. Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus, I am continually being cleansed from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I overcome the evil one. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, as if I had never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart to God. Through the blood of Jesus, I have boldness to enter into the presence of God, crying, Father, Father, through the blood of Jesus, the Lord is in heaven, interceding on my behalf. Satan has no power over me, no place in me, no claims against me. It has all been settled at the cross through the blood of Jesus, I am free indeed. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting summitsa.com.